He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. unclouded by hate hello everyone does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello my name is charlie you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer c.e dorset and this week we're going to go back to our old format and do one episode a day i debated whether or not to stay on the weekly format or to go back to the daily format and i just have so much to say that we're going to go back to daily so um, if you preferred the weekly, do let me know. I do take your concerns and interests into mind when I make these decisions. But see, a thing happened today, and I'm not one who likes to do responses to other people because I don't, I don't, I just don't like doing it. You know, it's not my place to point out when other people are wrong about something, but oh my goodness, what happened today just can't go unaddressed, at least not by me. Like I I have to say something and I'm going to. So Jesse Lee Peterson, who is a very popular right-wing pundit, um, who often talks as though he has some manner of Christian authority behind him, made a statement that I I just can't fathom how he thought that this was a thing to say. I just can't. And so I'm I'm going to play for you the audio of a right-wing watch video that clips out this portion of Jesse Lee Peterson's show, and then we're we're going to talk about this because it is ridiculous. According to media, Trump, Kate Flack, for failing to recite Apostles' Creed at Bush's funeral. I got to admit, this is the first time I ever heard of Apostles' Creed. This is why another reason I say Christianity is fake now. It's all intellectual. It's not from the heart anymore. I've never heard of Apostles' Creed. What in the world is that? Who made that up? It's not a Christian thing to be reciting. It's a phony act. This is a guy, a so-called bishop, Michael Curry. And Michael is a phony bishop. He led the reading of the Apostles' Creed. But Trump and uh, his wife, Melania, aren't reading alone. Watch this and listen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. That's all mess. That ain't got nothing to do with nothing. No wonder President Trump didn't read that. Wait, what? What did you say? Okay, so that's a bunch of mess. Um, oh, I, I don't even know where to begin unpacking this kind of stuff. Okay, so first of all, the Apostles' Creed is one of the oldest statements of faith in the Christian church. It's, it has been around for a very long time. The first time it was ever mentioned in writing was in the letter from the Council of Milan, probably written by St. Ambrose himself in 390 AD. It has taken multiple forms over the years and has, you know, had portions added to it to help fight off various heresies that the church had named over time. So the basic translation, I'm just going to read it right now because most Christians throughout the world recite this every Sunday. I believe in God, the father almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. That, that, that's the basic version of it. And the various um, modern churches have spins on it that they've added, some have added phrases, some have taken phrases out. For example, I said this most prominently in the Catholic tradition and in the Catholic tradition, it, you know, I believe in the Holy Catholic church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins there, there. Okay. Okay. So I, I don't want to get into the versions. This was an Episcopal service. The one that he read, one, the one that the Bishop read, I am looking at and it, appears to be the one from um, their prayer book. But I, I, I don't even I, I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to go there. Episcopalians say the Apostles' Creed. Anglicans say the Apostles' Creed. The Catholic Church says the Apostles' Creed. The Lutherans say the, the Apostles' Creed. The Methodists say the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed is one of those things that goes back in the history of the church for almost as long as there has been a church and has formed the bedrock. It is the one thing that almost every Christian church can agree on as to what makes a Christian a Christian. And, uh, okay, I, I, 
No, this is not about intellectualism. This is not about not feeling it. It, it is about celebrating the historical <laughs> creed of the church, which, like I said, most Christians say every Sunday. It, it, it's, it's, uh, I, 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 I'm just flabbergasted by this. And I don't know how much of this is a blind attempt to cover for the president. Like I said, this is a right-wing radio guy. So he could just be trying to cover for the president. I, that, or he could be a part of one of the newfangled churches that is all about you know feeling and has never read anything of church history, much less the Bible itself. I, I I don't know, and I again I don't want to judge this particular person who said this incredibly bizarre thing. First of all, whether you've ever heard of the Apostles' Creed or not, to say that that's a bunch of mess that that I don't even understand where that's coming from. If you are a Christian, the idea that you believe in God Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. Almost, I you would be hard pressed to find a Christian that would disagree with that. There are some, but you would be hard pressed to find a, someone who would agree with you that that's not part of the Christian faith. You'd be even harder pressed to find a Christian who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the Holy Spirit, conceived conceived of the Virgin. Mary. Sorry, I got that backwards. Conceived of the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried, descended to the dead, rose again on the third day, and ascended into heaven from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. That, that again, basic Christian doctrine. I mean, basic. I mean, we're... we're this, this is Christianity 101. And I... I can't imagine what anyone who calls themselves a Christian would have against those words. The only word that I usually hear people complain about in the Apostles' Creed is the word Catholic. And the word Catholic there, that's small c Catholic, which means universal. It means the same everywhere. It's not Catholic as in Roman Catholic. That's a denomination. This is the original meaning of the word, which is it's the same everywhere. So yeah, I, 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 I'm just flabbergasted. I, I am, my mind is blown. So I thought, and I'm sorry if this sounds really basic 101, but I, I thought we could take this opportunity to discuss the creeds and this creed in particular on the show, because apparently there are people out there who at least pretend to be Christian or believe that they are Christian or maybe even are. I, like I said, I don't want to question this man's faith because I don't know him and judging is for God. But I, 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 I don't, I don't understand what it is that he found so unnerving about this particular creed. It, it like I said, I, I am, I am frankly, just floored 
at the way he talked about this. So like I said, the Apostles' Creed goes back probably as far as the Council of Milan. This is the first time we actually have the phrase the Apostles' Creed mentioned. Um, And that's 390 AD. We know that this creed was in circulation fairly early in the church and that it contained 12 articles. Each one was attributed to one of the apostles. So the the way that this was traditionally thought was each apostle contributed one line from the creed to the creed. And so, you know, you can find various renditions of this that attribute each line to one of the apostles. Um, so, yeah, I this is as old as old gets. You know, we can say 100% that this creed, this creed existed. It, it was mentioned as early as the 390s. It is included in prayer books um, by 650. So between 390 and 650, this creed came into being. That's very early in the history of the church. I mean, we don't even have Catholics as Catholics yet. And the schism between the Catholics and the Orthodox hasn't occurred yet. In, in a lot of ways, there isn't even a canonical accepted version of the New Testament yet, because we have Bibles that date to after that point that either the, the main books of contention by that point in history are still um, the Shepherd of Hermas and the Book of Revelation, which either appear or do not appear in various copies of the New Testament that are circulating by this time. And in fact, we'll continue to kind of go back and forth until the 700s. I, I, and sometimes even beyond. We don't even have a new Testament yet. And the apostles creed exists. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I really, I'm just flabbergasted. I really am. I mean, I grew up in the Baptist church. I grew up in non-denominational churches And I I kind of understand where he's coming from because I did not encounter the Apostles' Creed until um, I started attending Catholic Church. But, like I said, since the vast majority of Christians in the world are Catholic, Orthodox, um, Lutheran, Methodist, like those, those in and of themselves you know, Episcopalian, they make up the vast, vast majority of Christians in the world. And for many of those groups, this is a common part of their liturgy and something that they're taught. I I can't, I I just don't know what to do. So I'm going to collect myself for a minute. We're going to listen to a word from our sponsor and uh, I'll be back after the break, and we'll start talking about the Apostles' Creed itself, what it actually says. Be back in a moment. And we're back, and I'm I'm a little bit calmer now. I, I still don't know what was going through 
his mind, but I, I'm a bit calmer now. So let, let's actually begin with the text of the Apostles' Creed. So I believe in the Father. Let's actually start with the word believe. Now I'm going to go into the Latin for this because that's my strongest suit, but I think it's very important that we're talking here about the credo. I believe. I give my heart to. I I give credit. Credo comes from the same family of words that we get our English word credit from. So this is, you know, I give heed to. This is not, as some might think, an intellectual assent to, I believe, you know, and this isn't, this is more, this is more, uh, you know, I believe I can fly than I, you know, intellectually validate the statements that are following. And in fact, in the earliest mentions of the creed, and in most mentions of the creed, before the term creed itself became popular, actually refer to this as the symbol of the apostles. And it's the apostles' symbol. Because that's how we're supposed to be reading this. This is the emblem. This is the symbol of the faith. These are the things to which we give our hearts and connect to. So let's begin with that. I, I believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. <clears throat> Again, I, I don't see how those words could be seen as controversial for a Christian. I really don't. I mean, you know, credo de deum patrum omnipotentum. I believe in God, the Father, all-powerful, omnipotent, almighty. However you want to phrase that. This is the only Christian that I can think of who takes umbrage with us is John Shelby Spong. I remember in reading one of his books where he takes this to task because if God were almighty, then there wouldn't be such a thing as cancer. And uh, that is a theodicy question that I am not going to get into on this podcast. But if you want to do an origin of evil um, <laughs> episode, we could definitely do that in the future. But no, that that's not what this is saying. And that's not a valid critique of the statement that we believe in God the Father Almighty. So let's take each of these words as written, okay? So God the Father, this is how Jesus refers to God. And actually, it's not even an accurate way. God often refers, Jesus, <laughs> you see my bias there? Jesus often referred to to God as Abba, which is more akin to saying daddy than it is to saying father. So in Latin, that would actually be Tata, because that's daddy in Latin. But, you know, this is an official statement by an official church trying to show that it is official, especially in a context where it will be illegal, then legal, then illegal again, then legal again. So I, I could see them not saying. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Just, just imagine, if you will, a, a historical sense, you know, context, 
in which this formal staten, statement comes out and says, you know, I'm sorry, I can't even hardly say this. Credo in deum tatam. Yeah, I, I, I believe in God, daddy. Um, yeah, I don't think they would have been taken seriously by the Romans that they were desperately trying to get to take them seriously if that had been the phrasing in there. Um, but, I mean, we could take umbrage with that if we want to, but it's it's a minor little picadillo. Now, for those of you who are familiar with Matthew Fox and his work and want to bring up the first of his 95 theses that God is as much mother as father... I would say yes, but hold, just hold, because, I don't know, maybe we'll do a Trinitarian episode in the middle of this and discuss the Trinity, but to me, I, I often think of God the Father, and then, okay, I'm going to actually do this really in brief now. The, the formula for the tr Trinity is really easy to understand, but very hard to comprehend. So... When we talk about the Trinity, no two parts of the Trinity possess anything not possessed by the third. So either only one part of the Trinity has the attribute, or all three have the attribute. And in the way I read the text, there's two options here. We could either say that mother is appropriate to all three, which is a valid reading of the the scriptures both the father the son and the spirit are referred to in female terminology throughout the history of the bible um jesus is divine wisdom and as we say at the beginning of each of these episodes does not wisdom cry does she not call out her voice because chokma wisdom in hebrew is a feminine word and thus is treated feminine in the um book of proverbs there so we see both feminine and masculine terms used for Jesus. We see both feminine and masculine terms used for God. We see both feminine and masculine terms used for the Holy Spirit. And so we could say that it's all three, or we could say that God is father, the unknowable father, and possesses the attribute of being masculine. Jesus is the child and contains both masculine and fe feminine in them because she is divine wisdom and he is the divine logos, the savior of the world. And the Holy spirit is our mother and contains only the feminine. How does this work in a Trinitarian sense? Well, the father is, it would be exclusively masculine. The son, the child Jesus would be exclusively non-binary and the Holy Spirit would be exclusively female. That is also a valid reading, either of which I think works, but neither neither of which is worth quibbling over at this point in the text. At least that's my reading of it. The real word that gets stuck on here is almighty. And I don't think you can read the term almighty without following it with, you know, creator of heaven and earth. Because I don't, some people try to separate these into two different thoughts that God is almighty and thus there should not be disease in the world. And God is 
can't be creator of heaven and earth because evolution and what have you. And so these are often taken separately when I think the only proper way to read them is actually to collect them together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We know that the process of creation has not ended. It was not finite. And the stars are still being born. Planets are still being born. Life is still being born. Creation continues. The map is not set. The world is not finished. And so the omnipotence, the power of God, is seen through the ability to create heaven and earth. We see the power of God in the creation of new stars, in the creation of new worlds, in the creation of new land, when a volcano erupts and land comes out. These are all processes that exist within the being of God, in new life being born, in our life from moment to moment, in healing that happens to us either naturally or sometimes, yes, miraculously, but not exclusively held by any one of these. This world is gloriously made by God. And that's what we get out of here. I mean, in our movement, we refer to ourselves as creation spirituality. And as a part of that, we learn to see creation in all things. We see the greening of all things. The, this very discussion brings to mind one of my favorite prayers from Hildegard of Bingen, who teaches us to pray, O leafy branch, the profound, be the precious beauty, as morning now rejoice and deign free from evil habits and stretch forth your hand and lift us up. This is what we're talking about here when we're talking about God the Creator, God the Father Almighty. God is the greening power that flows through the universe. God is the power of life that flows through the universe and is almighty. If you don't understand how mighty life is, just do some research about the life that exists around the sea vents in this volcanic water that is almost, that is devoid of light and almost devoid of nutrients and is so hot that it should boil anything that's there. And yet there's life. You know, this is something that even someone who wouldn't say, no one would attribute a religious mindset to. In Jurassic Park, we have this wonderful line, life will find a way. That's the greening power of God. Life will find a way. No matter what happens, life will find a way. And that is omnipotent. That is all-powerful. Life will find a way. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, creator of heaven and earth. This is the root power from which everything else flows. If it were not for the greening, verdant power of God, if it was not for the 
veriditas, the green wisdom that we gain from just the very heart of God, there would be nothing else. And so to look at a phrase like almighty and say, well, you know, God's not almighty because there's bad things that happen in the world. Yeah. And there's beautiful things that happen in the world. Almighty here does not, does not say who fixes all problems, who ends all suffering. Though I do believe God will in the end end all suffering. The world itself shudders in birth pangs as perfection is being born. And without that pain, the growth doesn't come. I know when I was growing up, I, I shot up very quickly and my legs hurt so bad because they were growing so quickly. And that's just a factor of life. That's just a na the nature of what happened. Pain and growth are not always separate things. In fact, pain and suffering are the via very core and central to the via negativa, a real and true part of our life. So yeah, I, I think we can all raise our heads in, in prayer and say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Yeah. So, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, tomorrow, we're going to continue and take up the next line of the Apostles' Creed. So, yeah. Did not expect to be doing a series on this, but I think it's a good one. I think it's something that we should discuss. And apparently there are some people out there who don't know that this is a Christian thing to do. Yeah. A weird world that we live in. Just a weird world. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I do this to spread my understanding of the wisdom of God into the world. But I am not special and I do not claim inerrancy upon anything that I say. I would love to know what you think about you know, my work and what I do. So please let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm Wisdom Cries Out on Twitter. One of the better places to find me. I spend a lot of time on Twitter. You can find links to everything that I do over at wisdomscry.com. If you enjoyed this episode and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate the episode or the podcast, please do that. That really helps out a lot. That tells the algorithm that, you know, it should share me with people. If you have a few dollars that you can throw my way, you should see, depending on the app, either a button that says support or a, um, in the show notes, a link that says support on Anchor. If you click that, you can support at the $1, $5, $10 levels. That's a month. That really does help me out a lot. That money goes to me to help me to continue doing these episodes, pay for hosting for the website, and honestly help me open up time in my schedule to write more stuff to put there for you so that you know we can all grow in wisdom together. If you can't afford to help, I completely understand. Pray for me and share this podcast with people that you think might be interested in it. That helps me out a lot. And until next time, may God bless you and keep you. 
and bring you fully into divine wisdom. Amen.